Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Grab your swole mate, because today we are hitting the gym. I think, I mean, I think even women, I think it is even more of a shock factor for a lot of people, um, just because it, it is just definitely not the norm. You know, it, it can be like a, a fetish situation, and I feel like you know, it's it's a way for the girls to supplement their income. Um, and I guess if, if I could help any little girl at 10 years old that was in my same position embrace being a little bit more muscular and say that's okay, then I feel like I've won. Uh, I go to get into the roller coaster and the attendant says, sorry, son, you're too big. I was eight fucking years old. People who sneeze weird. Everybody does it. Everybody sneezes. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Just sneeze, and then everybody else just shut up about it. I've never been disappointed in a Lowe's bathroom. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Usually right before I introduce a guest, I like to try to highlight essentially why this person is worth listening to. What about them is fascinating? I could not do that with our first guest. I can honestly say, I think this is the most interesting interview we've done. Because there are so many things about it that I just found fascinating. Everything from why would someone want to be a bodybuilder, the training, the nutrition that goes into it, performance enhancing drugs, motivation, body image, muscle fetishes. All of this is what makes this, I think, really something that is just fascinating to me. This is professional bodybuilder Alicia Young. How did you get into this? I always had a ton of muscle when I was growing up. And it was actually something that I didn't love. I was I was a dancer, cheerleader, gymnast. And I always just wanted that little petite dancer body. So at about 13, 14, I think my dad recognized that I was doing everything to try and fight what my body was doing on its own, just being very athletic, very muscular. So, And he knew I was a super competitive person. So he said, you know, hey, come to the gym and let's just try this out. So he got me into my first powerlifting meet when I was really young, just knowing that I would be probably good at it and it would be a healthier option instead of fighting what my body was doing so was it did you really like it when you got started or was it kind of I'm never going to look like this I could look like this so I'll embrace this thing it honestly took me a really long time to embrace it and even I mean like I said I got into the gym and I was comfortable you know lifting and 
I was fine with that, but I still, it still took me quite a few years to want to have muscle, if you will. I mean, I, I spent a huge majority of my life, like running long distance, not eating meat, having borderline like eating disorders to a point that, you know, it was unhealthy. So to go and say, you know, even, and I always admired bodybuilding. It wasn't that I was like against it. I just was like, I don't know necessarily that I want to look like that. Um, but then at the end of the day, I guess, you know, my dad was like, you have to work with what you got. Like you're so genetically gifted in this and you know, you might as well work with it instead of against it. When did you kind of transition from being pretty athletic, being pretty fit to really going into bodybuilding? Let's see. I guess I did my first bodybuilding show. I must've been, I was probably 23 years old. And that's when you Um, made that transition kind of. Yeah. And even then I, I was dating a guy at the time that was like, listen, just do one show, (laughs) you know, just try it out, see what you think. And he's like, you can do it at your own pace. And so, so I did. And I, I did my first competition and I really loved it and it did come more naturally to me. And so I, ever since then, it's just kind of stuck. How many shows have you competed in total since then? Oh, most people know that, right? I <laughs> I mean, I'm not one that like keeps my trophies or like, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every show means a lot to me, but let's see. I got my pro card. Um, so I won the USA's in 2014. Um, and I've probably done four pro shows since then. So I probably about 12 or 13 shows. Now is there's there there's still the is there a Miss Olympia? Is that the is that the so, ultimate one? Yeah, that's so that's the thing. Um they decided uh to take female bodybuilding out of the Olympia. Um so they actually did that the year I turned pro. So it was actually pretty devastating to me cuz I had spent all this time trying to get my pro card to compete at that level and then they removed female bodybuilding from the Olympia. So Wings of Strength, um, a company stepped in and said, you know, please don't do this. Like they're big fans and big, big advocates of female bodybuilding. So they stepped in and created, um, they basically sponsor a few of the IFBB shows, um, just requiring that they still had female bodybuilding and then created the world championship, which is basically like female bodybuilders version of the Olympia. So they just kind of changed the name essentially. When right. they when they did that though, was that because they didn't think that women should be doing this or there just wasn't a, a big interest commercially from it? Um, that's a good question. I think um, you know, I mean their reasoning from what I've heard and what I understand was, you know, they didn't feel like the women they felt like the women weren't marketable and, but at the end of the day, I mean, is bodybuilding, has it ever been mainstream? Has it ever been marketable? I don't think so. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely not the norm, you know, people want to be entertained. Like, you know, people don't go to the Mr. Olympia to see a guy that they can see on the, the beach. They go to see a 300 pound, shredded monster that's just you know 
abnormal. What What do you think about that? I mean, do you ever feel like, oh, maybe we've gone too far or maybe you've gone too far? Um, I think, you know, I, I definitely believe that there is a, a limit, um, not necessarily muscularity. I think as far as like keeping things feminine and still representing a female's body, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that. I think there's a, a sane and insane way to do it. And um, I do think there's a fine line between that, that, you know, maybe some people, in my opinion, have gone too far. But um, like I said, for me, I guess bodybuilding was never forced. I never like grew up like, I'm going to be a bodybuilder, so I'm going to do whatever it takes. It just came a little bit more naturally to me. Um, and I guess if, if I could help any little girl at 10 years old that was in my same position embrace being a little bit more muscular and say that's okay, um, then I feel like I've, you know, won at something. Do you think that that has gotten better necessarily for women? Do you think that they have gotten better about the body image thing? Or do you think that that's even worse now? And I mean, body image in the sense, like somebody that maybe had your body type, somebody who's a little bit bigger, somebody who's skinner, anything like that. Yeah, I think I actually think we've came a long way with that. I feel like, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about that. I, I do think there's still room to improve, of course. Um, you know, I think especially young girls at, you know, an age of between 10 and 14, like it's just such a sensitive age. And I feel like if you can, you know, help them embrace themselves instead of trying to compare themselves to someone else. When you go into a competition, how, how long does it take to get ready for that? So, I mean, obviously I, I, train all year long um as far as like a diet and nutrition where everything is like 100 percent mapped out this show that i'm preparing for now it's um by the time i get on stage it will be just over 20 weeks i feel like maybe this question wouldn't be so inappropriate at this time but like what would you weigh going in there i know you're not really supposed to ask yeah. a woman what they weigh but oh, like no, what would it's fine no, it's totally fine. Um, I usually I usually get on stage at about one one seventy one seventy five, and I'm almost five foot three. And that's and that's probably so. Then you would be if you weren't like in the training of competition right there. Like, what would be mm -hmm. your walk around weight then? Yeah, usually. I mean, like I said, for me, putting on muscle is very very easy. Um, getting that super super lean, like six percent body fat, is where it's like an uphill climb for me. So very comfortable, like normal off season weight for me is about 230 pounds. So if I, so I've met a male bodybuilder in real life and I just thought, Oh my God, that is the <laughs> biggest person. Like, how do you find clothes? Would people right. react to you or a fee, another female body in the same way? Would they be like, Oh my gosh. I think, I mean, I think even women, I think it is even more of a shock factor for a lot of people, um, just because it, it is just definitely not the norm. So, yeah, we get a lot of, you know, shock factor. It actually is worse when I'm leaner, I think, because visually you actually look bigger because um, there's, you know, not a lot of body fat. And obviously you have, like, a lot of vascularity and just – so off-season, it, it's not usually quite as bad um, – 
I try, though. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I just try really hard to be approachable and maybe if they have a negative perception, maybe just change their opinion. Like, I don't think all bodybuilders are total meatheads and not approachable. And Well, people, how, how do you react when somebody comes up and says something, though? Or like, why are you doing this? Or how, what's your reaction to that? Does it bother you? Or by this point, are you just whatever? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think it bothers me. I think, I think my biggest takeaway of that is like life would be so boring if we all looked exactly the same or if we were all attracted to the same thing or, you know, things like that. Um, I mean, just being totally honest, like sometimes I've wondered how it will affect my daughter who's six. Um, cause obviously like, you know, I take her through the kindergarten carpool and, I'm not like every other mom, but to her, I'm her normal. Like she doesn't know any different. So, you know, I've gone through times where I've wondered about that, but at the same time, I think it gives me a good opportunity to explain to her that it's, it's okay that we don't all look the same. And, you know, some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And that's totally okay. I have, uh, Two children. One of them you may have heard pipe up a little bit is a five month old or five week old. That's oh, that's fun. in. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting time right now. But so fun. I, I bring that up because I know what you mean in the sense like, do you just embrace teach them to just you know what this is you absolutely embrace it or do you try to change it a little bit like I don't want to, for lack of a better word, embarrass my kids. Right, right. No, and that's a very real thing, right? And, you know, and I I had that, like, a similar conversation with my husband, and he said, you know what, Alicia, like, honestly, if you never, ever went back to the gym ever again, which will probably never happen, because I just, you know, love to train even if I'm not competing, but he's like, if you never went to the gym again, you would have more muscle than any of these moms or any of, you know, most of these women here anyway. So she, you might as well do something that you love and, you know, don't worry about other people embracing it or not embracing it. Are a lot of other women, though, in that industry, are they kind of like you where they would be just naturally built that way? Or do they have – and look, I'm just kind of – stuff that I've heard, so you know how that goes with this kind of opinion. <laughs> right, but I right. mean – or, or, or do they have like big orexia or something like that? Or are they compensating yeah. for things in some way? I think maybe I am – I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm the only one like this. There's probably other people like this. I think a, a lot of female bodybuilders have always wanted to be bodybuilders and have really just like for whatever reason that might be like they're on this mission to be super muscular and whether it was someone told them they couldn't be or proving someone wrong or – and I guess maybe I'm different in that sense that – you know, bodybuilding is just something that I happen to be pretty, be good at and just learn to accept it. And I guess that's why I feel like, you know, I am a bodybuilder, but I don't feel like that's really who I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that. I understand that. I understand what you mean by that. I think it's the sense is like, look, I'm good at this, but this does not define me as a person. Sure, sure. Because I do feel like, I mean, it is a very selfish sport. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people in this sport tend to isolate themselves um, just because it is so consuming. So I'm 
a little rare in that sense that I do have, you know, a husband and a kid and I have like a whole other life besides bodybuilding because I feel like a lot of people at my level are, you know, relic- like single and just have to worry about themselves and that's it. You know, I noticed that a, a kind of a trend because we've interviewed a lot of different people for the podcast and one of them was a, a fitness related thing. And I noticed that all of the women tend to be, or not this, the women, but the men, they all tend to be single. Right, right. It's like, well, no one, yeah. is it just because they're so consumed by it or are they undateable, I guess? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it could be, it could be a combination or it could be, you know, I don't know, or it could be just like a conscious choice. Um, I mean, I know even like some of the top guys, they'll fly overseas and, and train overseas for five months. Like if they have kids at home in the U S or whatever, you know, I guess that's way their way of, um, minimizing the distraction. I feel like, you know, bodybuilding, the trick to it, in my opinion, is finding balance and not letting it consume you. Um, because I think if, if you do that at some point, you could become bitter towards the sport because you feel like it's stolen everything from you. I really believe it's probably the hardest sport in the world just because it is 24 seven. Um, you know, unlike a, you know, I played softball or ran track, did dance, gymnastics, cheerleading, all that stuff. And, you know, I trained really hard and stuff, but once the game or the meet was over, you can go home and indulge or celebrate or eat something where bodybuilding you know you you get done with a crazy hard leg workout and you have to go home and eat that chicken eat that rice and measure all your water intake like it just it just doesn't stop so it's a really consuming 24 7 thing so looking at it i mean seeing the men it's pretty obvious that they're let's say using some extra substances to get to that size i mean it seems Mm -hmm. to be like you know, they used to deny it, I think, and now they've embraced it. Now, is that the same for women? Like, do you have to take steroids or can you do it straight natural? Honestly, across the board, you know, people are taking substances, whether that's a bikini girl or a bodybuilder or a fitness girl. It's, you know, there's always going to be a level of enhancement. And the only time it really bothers me is if somebody competes on like a natural stage and they're not. Because I feel like, you know, just really compete where you belong. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Now, would you take – does a woman take the same kind of stuff as a man? I guess let me just ask no, you this. Like, what no, would... I mean, there, there's a lot of science behind that. And, and I think that is where you have to make decisions for yourself. Like instead of – and this is my personal opinion, but make, you know, long-term life decisions. Like I want to be healthy – for a lifetime. I, I love bodybuilding and it's awesome and it's great, but I'm not going to, you know, jeopardize my lifelong health or my femininity or, you know, I, I really try and take those precautions. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of science behind it. And, you know, I mean, there's supplementation in every sport. I mean, you know, it saved baseball It you know, it's in every sport. So, I mean, for my personal opinion, like I look at professional athletes, whatever the professional athlete is, I don't necessarily, and this is just my professional or my personal opinion, 
I don't think that any of them don't are clean necessarily, and I don't right. blame I don't blame any of them. I do the same thing. Right. Yeah. Well, and in my opinion, I, I mean, if it makes the sport better, and as long as it's an even playing field, like, why should it matter? Yeah. Right. I mean, like, unless I guess when you like you talked about where someone's saying I'm competing in yeah. natural. Yes. Yes. And that's. I mean, you know, I guess that's that's an argument that could go on and on and on, like. So what do you do? Do you just say it's okay in every sport or, you know, what is too much? Like, you know, you look at these cyclists, like, sure, sub, you know, all their substances were banned, but it's just a matter of finding a way to do it without getting caught. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. I think the technology's just gotten better to mask it or hide it in certain ways i i don't know i feel like as long as it's not jeopardizing the athlete's health and it's you know across the board i i almost feel like sometimes it we make a bigger deal of it than we probably should and i think the conversation like people don't have this conversation and it's unfortunate because it is you know illegal in the u.s and i feel like unfortunately the people that do talk about it tend to be mis misinformed or give bad information and you know i it, it i guess it bothers me sometimes when people just assume that that that's all that goes into it because i know a ton of people that are you know prescribed by a doctor like hormone replacement if you will that are taking steroids that that don't look like a bodybuilder does that bother you that idea though that some people might be like oh well this person takes steroids i would look like that if i took steroids too it offends me because i know how much work goes into it and what i would do is challenge them to try it you know here try it because they will very quickly learn that that's not all that there is to it you're training wise like how many hours a day are are you in the gym um, so right now I am uh, 12 weeks from my competition. So I'm doing cardio now twice a day um, and then weight training once a day. So I do my cardio seven days a week and then I weight train six days a week. Um, so in the morning I do 45 minutes of cardio, then um, about an hour weight training and then another 20 minutes of cardio in the evening. Um, and that will gradually, you know, intensify the closer I get just depending on how my body responds but the main trick I think with bodybuilding is nutrition um at, le at least for in my experience and with my body uh, nutrition is key like you can't outwork it and you can't substitute it you you just have to eat clean and and make sure you're getting what you need in it was so hard. <laughs> what do yeah, that? it is. It is. It is. And it's. And I guess you know some people are like, oh, I don't know how you have this discipline, and I don't know, you know, because my my like I said, my daughter's six, so we have Oreos and ice cream and snacks and <laughs> McDonald's trips, and you know, it's. But it's a choice, you know. It's it's not really necessarily about willpower as much as it is for me, you know, to eat that chicken nugget or have that ice cream and if i didn't do well then you know i'd always always wonder like could i have 
not eaten that and done better? Could I? And it, to me, it's just not worth the the guess, the guessing thing. So I'd rather just commit to it and feel good about what I've done. Just, so then, when you do like light weight weightlifting and stuff. Will you okay. do a number of body parts a day or like what's your training split? Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I split it up. Um, I usually do, um, you know, like one body part per weight training session. So I'll do, you know, shoulders one day, arms one day. Uh, the only body part that I split up is legs just because they're such a big, dense muscle. So I will do like my quads, the front of my legs one day, and then another day I'll do my hamstrings and calves. They, they, that's yeah. just, is that for recovery purposes or why Why yeah, would you split and, it like that? And I feel like, you know, if you started, let's say you started with quads, by the time you get to your hamstrings, you're sober now that, you know, it, your hamstring workout isn't going to be great. I had a question that I was just going to ask you and I completely blanked on what it was. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the biggest trick with competing really is trying to maintain that muscle and lose that body fat. Because anybody can jump on a treadmill and lose 30 pounds, you know. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good weight. So the, the real trick with bodybuilding is, is trying to maintain that muscle, which is way harder than people think. You know, it's one thing to lose a bunch of weight, but it's another to try and maintain that muscle and just lose body fat. When you go into a gym, will you lift the same way that a man would? I mean, is that, does it work the same way for women or do you have to do more reps or less weight or anything like that? Less weight proportionately. Um, yeah, no, I, and just my personal preference, like I, I love to train heavy, um, I found, my, you know, my body just responds better that way. Most of the time I, I train just as a, like a male bodybuilder would, or even a power lifter sometimes would. Um, the only difference I think, well, one of the biggest differences with most females versus males is obviously genetically, we're going to carry more fat and more weight in our lower body. So the closer I get to a show, I really focus on, you know, really training those hamstrings and glutes just to make sure that the muscle is really dense and hard. Um, just trying to get rid of that extra body fat. In terms of making money, I mean, is this, can you, would you be able to support your family on this alone? Essentially the question that I'm asking and you can answer in the way that you want to is how much money do you make? Most people are in this industry. If I'm just being a hundred percent honest, are lucky to break even. It's a super expensive hobby, if you want to call it that. Um, I have been very fortunate and lucky. Um, Wings of Strength has sponsored me this year. Um, so they're helping pick up, you know, a huge cost of the expense, you know, because the food and the travel and like all that stuff obviously adds up. Um, and Wings of Strength has helped all of us female bodybuilders so much. I mean, they've increased our prize money a ton um they've given us a great venue um they've really stepped up and helped the girls be able to make a living doing it but again that being said so only the top five girls at the world championship are gonna get paid so um i mean there's there's other things you know photo shoots and things like that but at the end of the day they're not going to put a female bodybuilder on Oxygen magazine. Does that bother you, or do you feel like it is what it is? Uh, um, I 
feel like, you know, I, I can understand a supplement company wanting it to appeal to the masses, um, which, you know, a, a chick that looks great in a bikini on a beach is going to sell more protein than maybe someone like myself who's really muscular. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing to at least have them visible at some level. Cause they used to be, you know, in the nineties, you know, flex magazine had the Miss Olympia and they had, and again, it's not going to be everybody's thing, but I think you have to put it out there because there's some people that are really going to embrace and be drawn to it. So the top prize, the top prize at the biggest competition for a woman would be how much? I believe, um, and I could could be wrong on this, but I believe last year it was sixty thousand, and then they had like a a really nice custom Corvette for the winner. That's not, yeah. I, but then you look at, if I remember right, I feel like the men get like a couple of hundred thousand. Let's just let's just yeah. assume that let's just call it four hundred thousand, whether that's correct right. or not. Right, right. Does that? Do you feel like that's fair, or are you just kind of? What are you going to do? I mean, it's it's obviously not, um, you know, but but I think that happens over over the whole board, right? Like, yeah, the the head attorney, if he's a guy, is going to make thirty thousand more than the woman, which you know, it it doesn't necessarily make it right. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue that the male bodybuilders are selling more tickets. Um, you know, they're the big names bringing in the ticket sales and the venue and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could argue it both ways. I, I mean, since Wings of Strength took over, our prize money basically has doubled. Um, so, like I said, they've, they've really stepped up and helped us out. Um, so as disappointed as I was about the Olympia, it, it's actually a, a huge blessing in disguise. I mean, they've they've really taken good care of us. Now, I'm, what's the deal with some of the men's stomachs? Like, I looked at things and just, what's going on there? They look like yeah. that, that bubble gut kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, I think it's a combination. It could be, you know, the guys are, are way, way heavier now than they used to be. Um, so they're way, way bigger. And that being said, they're, they're also way stronger. So anytime you're pushing huge amounts of weight, the, the abdominal muscles are going to distend and, you know, it's going to create a lot of strain on those abdominal muscles. Um, so some people will argue that it's from lifting too heavy and, you know, or it could be the food. You know, you're pounding in a ton of food and then eventually the stomach just becomes like a storage unit and the food's not being processed. Some people have said, you know, could be like growth hormone, could be insulin, could be, you know, there's there's a number of things. Um, but the, the sheer size of the guys nowadays versus, you know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, I mean, some of the stuff that I've seen, it's just like, if you thought it was a little ridiculous before, it's like, whoa, <laughs> this is all right, yeah. man. Like you can't even get through it. Can you even walk? Right. <laughs> like, right. Well, and it's just evolved, right? Like I'm like every sport. So it's I mean, and and that's at every level of the competition season. Every IFBB category has evolved. So if you look at 
you know, the figure girls or the physique girls, like, or the men for that matter, like they've all progressed over the last 10 years and they've all gotten bigger and they've all also gotten leaner. Have you seen that, um, that Ronnie Coleman documentary? Um, I think I did see it. Yeah. What do you, you, are you worried at all in the future? I mean, it seems like most of his stuff wasn't necessarily from anything that he was putting into his body, but just from the way that he was working out. Right. Are you worried right. about that at, at, at all? I mean, in terms of, cause you said you lift pretty heavy. Like, are you right, worried about right. that happening? Yeah. I mean, I really believe like for me, longevity and health is like my number one. Is it worth sacrificing your health or, you know, being around for your kids? Like in my opinion, no, it's not. I mean, some, some athletes would, would disagree with me and you know they'll be willing to do anything and everything it takes the muscle might be stronger but the joints and the tendons all those things are are only what they are you know so just because the muscle can do it doesn't mean the rest of the body can keep up now what muscle worship what is what is that is that something that a lot of female bodybuilders do yeah i think it's a you know it it can be like a a fetish situation and i feel like you know it's it's a way for the girls to supplement their income um and you know it's really funny muscle muscle is a funny thing to me i feel like people either really love it or really hate it there's not much in between there's not a lot of gray area and i feel like people have a really strong opinion about it so ironically i i like to call them like closet muscle lovers so in public, like they would never be at a, a bar with their buddies and be like, oh, like this chick looks so great. Like they wouldn't, they don't want anybody to know that they think that that might be attractive. Um, so I feel like, you know, some of that stuff happens behind closed doors because people don't publicly want to say, oh, I think a muscular woman is attractive or not attractive, you know? You know we've interviewed... Everybody basically from dominatrixes to sex workers to tarot card readers, any of these things kind of where you would think like, ooh, people wouldn't admit to doing that. People do that <laughs> stuff. And right, right. our official position on this podcast is however people want to get down. If you're not hurting anybody, however you get yeah. down is however you exactly. get down. And it's right, right. nobody care. <laughs> like, look, everybody's right. got something. Do you – have right. you ever – have you ever had requests for it? Have you ever done it? Oh yeah, I've. I mean, I get requests all the time. Um, one thing that I do that you know, and each to their own, like you said, like I, Wells Fargo CEO, I don't care what he does on a Friday night as long as my banking's done Monday through Friday, you know. And same with bodybuilding, like whatever they do in their private time, not my business and not you know, each to their own. For me personally, um, I do have, um, I work on like a webcam site. So I'll set up my webcam and do, I have a gym in my basement. So I'll do my workouts and just let people voyeuristically watch me work out. Um, it's been a great way for me to supplement my income and, you know, whether that's training or that's someone just wanting to check out me working out, it's, you know, if I, if I can make two or $300 to do a workout that I would have to do anyways, you know, it's just made a lot of sense and it's given me an opportunity to be home with my daughter 
and still do something that I love and, and be able to supplement that income. If you're not hurting anybody and you're okay with it, I feel like you'd be stupid not to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and I guess that's a, you know, everybody has to make that personal choice. For me, um, you know, meeting someone in in a location that I don't know, it, I just feel like it, it would put me in danger. Um, it just isn't worth the risk to me. Um, and I've always, you know, looked at this as a sport first, like I'm an athlete and I love the competition side of it. And I'm, I'm a very competitive person. So, but yeah, I mean, like some of these girls I'm sure are making quite a bit of money and, and doing great. And as long as they're smart and take precautions, I mean, you know, good for them. Well, people, they want to just see the muscle they want to like what what will they say necessarily like oh i yeah, want you to flex your arm or it actually really fascinates me what draws someone to muscle because like for me it i guess because i've always had it it's never you know i don't maybe i guess i just kind of take it for granted like it's what it is so it, it fascinates me like why why are you so drawn to me and the answer to that is so wide it like some people love the strength of it. Some people love the look of it. You know, I have people all the time that like, if I'm not in contest shape, so like 5% body fat or whatever, they don't want anything to do with me. They don't want to look at pictures. They don't want to look at videos, anything like that. Or on the other hand, I have some people that prefer me in a softer, bigger, more curvy, if you will, um, shape. And that's all they want to see. So, you know, it's, I think people are drawn to muscle for a number of reasons, you know, and, and unlike, like, if you think of like a football fan, you kind of like have this image in your mind of, you know, mid forties, beer drinking, you know, like yeah, typical yeah. football fan, right. And muscle, the fans, there's such a wide variety, like skinny, fat, workout, never worked out, old, young, every kind of person that you could think of, it, it's just really interesting to me, like what, what draws that person to muscle. I don't know if, because I guess like female muscle, like you could take it back also to like the dominatrix side of things or, you know, being more powerful, being strong, um, so I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say the women probably get approached more than the men in that sense. Um, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know. What is the best lift in the gym? Um, for me, so I, I love to train legs. So, I mean, I've, I've squatted five and a half plates each side. You're kidding so me. <laughs> yeah. How much weighted? That's like 400 something. Yeah, what is that? Four ninety five, I guess. What is the most worthless exercise in the gym? <sighs> like the one that you see, think... you see people doing it, and you're just why? Why are you doing that? Oh, okay, yeah. So I think I do think this whole hype around like specifically training your glutes, especially women, um, you know, like that's all they do because they just want an amazing butt. And I, I really think it's, it's overdone and overhyped. Um, 
you you can build an amazing set of legs and but by doing old school exercises you know your old school squats your old school but i feel like you know a lot of these companies have done a really good job of coming out with all these bands and jumps and you know and some of it is functional i understand that but yeah i think a lot of women are are wasting a lot of time doing some of that stuff yeah or another another one is abs like i think people are like i want a six-pack i just want a six-pack and they'll do you know hundreds and hundreds of crunches and ab exercises you know if your nutrition isn't on point and you don't burn the muscle or the fat over top of the muscle you're never going to see your abs anyway who is the best bodybuilder of all time men and then women and you can say yourself if you feel like it's yourself oh no no i um my personal favorite would be dorian yates yeah he he's cool probably the the greatest bodybuilder of all time um you know, and he's one, I mean, sure, you could go back to Ronnie Coleman and, like, his injuries and stuff. And, and I don't know all the details of, of what happened, but Dorian Yates, man, I mean, he trained insane and lifted some heavy weights. And he's doing great now, you know. He's still in great health and, I, I think, arguably, best bodybuilder of all time. I saw an interview with him recently where he basically was saying – I don't want to put words in your mouth necessarily, but in the sense of like almost the way that I feel like you've approached it in the sense that like I'm doing this for now and then when I'm done, I'm probably going to be done and I'll just work out and go from there. And be fine with it, right? Yeah. And I think I think that's uh, maybe like a healthier approach, if you will. Because at the end of the day, you know, at 50 years old, even if you have a room full of trophies – and you had an amazing career, you still have another 50 years to live. So you need, you need to prioritize like what's really going to be important to you like long-term. And that's why for me, like, you know, like I said, I, I love bodybuilding and, and it's awesome and it's done amazing things for my, myself and my family and my life. But, you know, it's still, doesn't bring me enough joy that that's all I can have in my life. That's pretty much all the questions that I have. Um, is there anything that um, I essentially anything else you think we missed? What do you got coming up? That kind of stuff. So, like I said, I'm getting ready for the Chicago Pro. Um, that's on July 6th in Chicago, and then um, I'm hoping to qualify for the World Championships. So I took sixth at the world championship um and only the top five are qualified so i need to you know miss that by one spot so i need to requalify. i want to thank alicia so much for joining us if you want to connect with her we have linked to her on our social media accounts we're profoundly pointless on facebook twitter and instagram we've also included some information about her and her website on our rss feed you can find that basically at the bottom of where you're looking at this podcast that's the best way that i can describe it i think a big takeaway from that interview for me is that whatever you want to do whatever kind of stuff that you're interested in just do it and don't worry about what other people are going to say or whatever they're going to think because at the end of the day you're going to be able to say that at least you did it at least you stayed true to who you are and I think that that really counts for something 
Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call, and I think we're going to try to do something different. Instead of me asking him a bunch of questions, I want him to reflect on my life. Lord Vinzant, I am living my best life over here on the the Erie. What? You're what supposed you? to keep it going. It's a Game of Thrones thing. Oh, first I've never of all, <sighs> Ever. Look, here's the problem with this. Number one, the Erie is a castle. So you wouldn't be living your life on the Erie. You would be living your life in the Erie. So you're just wrong from the very beginning. And I... <laughs> See, you know, here's the problem with the, the problem is your lack of knowledge about the things that you're talking about. People that annoy me, you're right at the top of the, at the, top of the list. You know, you can never just... You know, you can never just appreciate someone's effort. You have to nitpick. No, I'm not nitpicking. You're wrong. It's like if you said, I, I, hey, hey, let's... I, let's... I never, but I never claimed to have been right. Well, you said it, and I had to... I can't just let it slide. Are you a Game of Thrones historian? In my mind, yes. Do it... you hold a degree from a university in Game of Thrones history? I don't think anybody is issuing that degree, number one. If you found that degree and that university, I think I could apply for it and do pretty well. You would get hammered. You just you can't just say something that's incorrect and expect me not to say anything about it. Technically, I wasn't incorrect. No, technically, you were incorrect. I'm sure somewhere in, in uh, you know punctuation school and grammar school, you can be in or on a castle. No, you you may – you would be – no, I don't think so. I, I guess if you were I, on I top – I couldn't be on a castle. I couldn't be on the top of a castle. Were, but are you on the top of the Erie right now? Are you on yes. the top? You are. I'm, I'm on the top of, of my castle that I have deemed the Erie. So you're on the roof? Sure. So you're not. You're lying to the people. I mean you had a point and then you blew it by lying. I wanted to start this question, start this episode off, or this part of the episode off, with me asking you some questions about my life and what what you would do, what you think I should do in these situations. Well, I, you know, I know you have a lovely family, so I, I would probably have to answer truthfully. But deep down in my heart, most of my responses, if I could answer truthfully, would be uh, would be for you just to jump into a river. Um, let me ask you this first question. A little while ago, my wife said I was a slow accelerator, not a slow driver, but that I accelerated slowly. Like, do you think that I should be offended by that? Do you comment on her driving? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I don't know if you ever have driven a Volkswagen Golf, but there is something about the unique design of a Golf Volkswagen Golf in which the passenger feels like the driver is doing a terrible job. Like it's the angle of it. You just feel like the person is about to kill you the entire time. So she's a little – and it, look, it goes both ways. When she's driving, I feel like I'm about to die. And when I'm driving, she feels like she's about to die. But it's really just the design of the car. If anybody else has a Volkswagen Golf, I think they can vouch for this. But the broader question is, should I be insulted that my wife called me a slow accelerator? No, in terms of what she could have called you, uh, at least you're a slow accelerator and not uh, slow in other ways. My, I, th- I think she's essentially saying that I'm less of a man. The, what is the percentage of the amount of stuff that you could get rid of in your house and probably not be affected in any way? 
75%. Yeah, I would say that that's what I was going to say. It's, I think it's shockingly high how much crap you now, could just get rid of. We don't have like a shocking amount of stuff. I don't want people to think like we have all kinds of stuff because we don't. However, I guarantee you, and I don't know how your wife is, but if I was to remove, I don't know, the, the smallest thing that, you know, if I was just to throw away like a container thinking, oh, it's no big deal. She won't even, she won't even notice it. She will come home either that day or in two weeks or in a month and she will say, whatever happened to that container? Oh, they never forget, man. That's why the, that's, that's why the accelerator thing I think is a big issue because it's not just that she's saying I'm a slow accelerator. Like she's making a judgment of my fitness to raise our children. <laughs> well, I think it, it it is still a mystery to everyone how you were ever able even able to get married and have children. A little, I, um, I don't. I wouldn't disagree. Here's my other question: Should I get a vasectomy? <laughs> Well, I'm not to that point yet of, of my life, but I do have other friends who have gotten them. And, uh, I mean, that's all a personal decision. I can't tell you to get one or not get one. I think you should. I think you should make the decision. Actually, I'm going to put you in charge of making the decision because I oh, can't well make then, up my mind. If Then you, you you need to get one. You should have never had kids in the first place. I would agree with that. In some, Well, I mean, maybe but, for society's sake, not for my personal sake. But there are benefits of getting a vasectomy if you're a man, right? Yeah. I mean... I don't know if there's any, like, health benefits. It's basically the benefit is you don't have more children. Yeah, you can go around and just shoot it anywhere. See, the thing is, though, is that my wife has promised me more um, quality time, shall we say, if I get a vasectomy. (laughs) That's a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. I don't believe her for one second about that. (laughs) I'm not just calling, you know, I'm not just saying it's your wife. I'm saying that's every wife ever that's ever said that to their husbands oh yeah there's no there's no chance i mean maybe for a week though i will tell you that i do know somebody that got a vasectomy and he did not walk right for a month well yeah it does something to your walk you kind of have a like it's called the vasectomy walk my dad who's a retired family physician said he used to be able to essentially just look at somebody and he could tell when they had just recently had a vasectomy I don't know what they do, to be honest. I think they just go in there. I have no idea how this works, how you can continue to it, – it's kind of like you're going to – we're going to take away your bullets, but you're still going to be able to fire bullets. I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I listen, this might sound like a surprise to you, but I I can't say anything about this because I, I have no idea. I, I think they cut a vessel. Yeah, I don't even think that's the right word that you're <laughs> using at all. I mean, a blood vessel wouldn't – wouldn't it doesn't well, I don't know if let, you know where me, children pose this question sperm is made it's not from blood vessels there so they don't put you uh, under right anymore for vasectomies I don't think I have no idea either or what if what if you know you, they're done right you did the procedure and you look down and like they just snipped the whole thing off. it's just completely gone <laughs> like your dick is just it's just mashed potatoes now well, like I signed up for the extreme vasectomy and didn't realize that that just means that they took the whole thing. <laughs> of course you did. Man, I don't know. Like if you just looked down one day and it was just gone. Did you consult anybody before you just went and signed up? Like, Are you going to an actual like hospital or, or physician's office or are you going to like the Walmart clinic? 
Ironically, I do live very close to the border of Mexico where someone gave me the advice, go down to Mexico, you can get it done for half the price. And I thought, I think this is something that I would like to pay more money for. <laughs> I, which, which is, uh, so that's also a good question to ask. What, what part of your body, if you had to pick, we'll say two parts of your body that you would pay an unlimited amount of money for to make sure the surgery went well on? What would they be? Well, your heart and your brain, because without those, you die. Oh, okay, okay, I, obviously. But, but beside the, besides the critical organs, um, like what what matters the most to you? And I, you know what? Let's exclude eyes as well. <sighs> yeah, I think it would have to be that. I guess afterwards, I think. I mean, it would depend if it was both legs, right? Because I think you could, if you were gonna lose, if you're gonna lose one leg, I think you could get by, and that wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, obviously, you don't want to have that happen to you, but I think you could get by without probably your hands. I guess I wouldn't want, yeah, I wouldn't want really something to happen to the hands. I feel like that's where you get into the critical <laughs> stuff after that. So obviously, you're, you're talking your junk, and then you're talking you're hands. Yeah. What would you do? Uh, well, definitely, definitely my purple-headed yogurt slinger, and uh, you know, I, I gotta say, probably my uh, probably anything to do with like my throat. Really? Why? Just because yeah, you like, would? Because you, you want to be able to talk? Well, talk, eat, you know, drink. Like there we I'd go. Be real pi- <laughs> I'd be real. P- <laughs> I'd be real pissed if like I went in for like a you know a simple throat procedure and I came out and like. I couldn't talk anymore or like they, you know, clipped a jugular or some shit. Here's my other question for you. This is my last question. Which toilet paper in a public restroom do you trust the most? The one that's actually in like the toilet paper receptacle, the one that is on top of the toilet paper receptacle, or the (laughs) one on top of the toilet? Like give me your ranking of least to most trustworthy toilet paper positions. Uh, so it's definitely the one on top is the the most shadiest to me. On top of the toilet or on top of the receptacle? You know, you have the one in the receptacle, then there's one just by itself on top. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so that one for sure, because that means that somebody has, like, either, like, dislodged it and, and put it up there, or it's just a stray. And who knows where the fuck that's been. That's a good point. And then the one on the toilet behind it, uh, just because, once again, you know, they probably maybe they put them there for storage. Who knows? Uh, no, I've never I've never been to a public restroom where they've I've seen toilet paper by itself on the back of the toilet, and then and then the one in the receptacle, obviously. See, I go, I honestly kind of trust the one that's on top of it more. That's on top or next to the receptacle more than I trust the one that's inside of it. The one to me on the back of the toilet, that's the least trustworthy. I, I think the more, the more, uh, like, I'm more cautious about, you know, like, the first, like, sheet of toilet paper. Like, I always discard that. I never do the one that, like, is left last. Really? I don't yeah. have no problem with that. I, I always, like, discard that, and then I start from, you know, the next one that hasn't been touched. Do you make the little toilet seat thing if they don't have the, the special <laughs> cover? That depends where I am. But yes, I, I have, I have done that many of times. Where were you? Well, I see. I don't understand that because where in public will you not make the toilet seat cover? 
I mean, some some places have nice public restrooms. Like Lowe's has nice public Whoa, restrooms. Whoa, you're going to go to Lowe's? You're going to go to a home improvement store? You know who's going in and out of those things? You've got all kinds of like construction workers that are just out there eating burritos all the time and they're going there and just dropping it. What? A, that's they, a I terrible mean, choice. They, I've never been disappointed in a Lowe's bathroom. That needs to be a top five. You're I going bare skin? Uh yeah sure, wow I that is... I think the, I think the nicest public restrooms I've ever been in, uh was at a Barnes and Noble. See there, that's again, that's not trustworthy. There's people just in there like all day reading books, just getting <laughs> yeah, butt sweat all over that. Read, you're right. No, but you just got your butt sweat all over that. Like you're just going skin to skin with somebody else's butt sweat. So what you're saying is you don't have any public restrooms that you trust no no maybe a, <laughs> maybe a quick trip maybe <laughs> the gas station oh you never don't you have quick trips up in detroit if we do i've never been to one well you would know if you, that I've ever seen one. you would know if you've been to a quick trip because that's a high quality place you'd be like wow i would not only yeah i, I would eat here i i feel like you're just fucking with me because it's a gas station i've never let me ask you this, since now we're talking about nicest places to shit, I guess. What is, have you ever walked into a place, a public restroom, and you've had to go so bad, and you see the toilets, and you're like, well, fuck this, I'll just shit my pants? No, I've never, I mean, I've hovered many a time. I've never <laughs> actually, like... But hovering is so dangerous, especially when you're a bigger guy with a larger ass, because it hits the fucking water and everything splashes up onto your ass. Do you want to hear my uh, stomach flu airplane story? I mean, that's why people listen is to hear us talk like assholes. I can tell you exactly. 2013, I believe, was the year. And my wife and I, who was, she wasn't my wife at the time, but we went skiing. We went skiing in California. And it was a six-hour flight because it was a cheap flight. So we flew from Orlando all the way to California. I think it was San Francisco. Six hours. On the way back, I pick up this stomach bug and I go into the bathroom thinking that I just I just had to like rip one and <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't that. It was straight liquid, straight liquid and it was all over the back and like in between that part of the toilet seat where it like connects to the bowl. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I spent probably – I'm going to go ahead and make a conservative estimate of 10 to 15 minutes trying to clean all of this up while more is coming out. And I walk <laughs> out of the bathroom to see a line half the plane long waiting for me. And the first two people in line make that face and one person actually grabs their nose. And I just walk <laughs> past this whole firing squad of people knowing that I was the guy that just ruined the rest of the trip. That's a great story, and you were the asshole all at the same time. Oh, people would, like, when they got done with the bathroom and walked back to their seat, would stop and, like, look for me in my seat. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. In a second. Wait. Shh. This isn't going to work while he's out awake. You know that, right? 
Do you have a fast five? What are you doing? No, my fast five, we're talking about taking shits. That's not a good fast five. What's your big topic that you want to discuss? I actually, I, I want. I wanted to give kudos to you. Because it was brought to my attention. No one's interested in this. By a couple of listeners. That all we do is pick on each other. Yeah, pretty much. Somebody said uh, that we should be a little more kind to each other. Well, who's that so this person? Is me, this is me being kind to you. Seems to be about the same, honestly. This is me being nice to you. You're, 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 you're a guy. You're, you're, you're a good guy. Are you? That's all you. That's the only thing that you have for your fast five. That's your no, thought of the no. week. No, the, 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 no. This is just. I, I mean, you're supposed to reciprocate it. This is, you know, you're supposed to be nice back to me. I, listen, I thought as the co-host that you would bring some content. I, I'm not, I'm not done with bringing content. This is me. This is me trying to to make our beloved, you know, listeners think that we don't hate each other. Okay. Now what? I mean, you're supposed to say it back. Some of that. All right, yeah, John, I love you the best. Like, you know, don't worry, I'll wait. I got time. Did you know that the cassowee is the deadliest bird in the world? And it actually just killed a guy in Florida. I just want you to know that I, I just won a dollar from a girl named Amy because I told her you would not say anything nice back to me. I'm telling you about – I'm giving you information. That's more – that's that's priceless. I could say a nice thing. I could say something nice to you and you'll forget it in five minutes or I could just yeah. go ahead and provide you with information that will really stay with you and help you throughout the rest of your life. That's a much nicer thing to do. Listen, I want a dollar. I don't. I don't care anymore. You're a dick. It's great. What's the name of this bird? Got Cassamy. Cassaway. Cassaway, and I killed somebody in Florida. Yeah, I just killed a guy in Florida who was apparently trying to feed it, but fell down while feeding it, and the bird just killed him. Oh man. That is t- – how big are these birds? Six feet tall, about 130 pounds. Wow, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, um, and apparently it's the, mo- it's the most dangerous bird in the world. Like it apparently it kills people or hurts people on a fairly regular basis. This is actually kind of funny that you would segue into this. Oh, someone's death is funny? No. What I wanted, what I, what I wanted to bring up, topic of conversation was – uh, I had about uh, – it felt like a two-hour conversation uh, the other day with a group of people regarding the worst ways to die. Ooh. And I've been thinking a lot about this because, I mean, that's what I do and I have a six-month-old and, you know, I don't have a whole lot of other things to do with my life. Anyways, I think I came up with the one way I would never want to go out would be – and it's like a mobster thing. Okay, and, and it's to be it's to be buried in concrete. Yeah, that would that would be terrifying, especially because if they left you in there like alive. Well, you wouldn't really. I don't think you would live for very long, though. I don't know the consistency of concrete. Like I know it's a lot of water, so you would probably drown, obviously. But would you be alive for a few hours? Would you, you know, suffocate instantly? Like that just seems like a horrific way to go. Wait a minute. What do you mean you don't know the consistency of concrete? Do you? No, like, like, like I, I don't know its exact makeup. Like, if it's well, there's no fucking feet. oxygen in it. I can tell you that. No, I, <laughs> I know that, but you know, like, if they bury you with like just your mouth, you know, barely above, 
uh, you know, like the the uh, the concrete line. Like, are you going to be able to sustain for two or three hours? No, because I like, wouldn't think that your lungs could expand and contract. Maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That's a kind of a decent question. At first, I thought you were trying to figure out, like, well, if you were just surrounded by all the concrete, if you could live. And no, geez. you couldn't. No, man. Mobsters never do it fast. Like, they do some shit where, like, they bury you up to your neck in it and then, I don't know, like, fucking let it get hard and you will have to sit there for a week until it you know, hardens over and then it crushes you to death or something. Well, I mean, if your head was sticking out of it, you wouldn't be crushed to death. I think you would just well, be essentially in it. That's Well, that's terrible. Any of that sounds terrible. And I hope that I, that never happens to me. That's the worst way that you can think of is like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not. That sounds pretty awful. Anything where you essentially like you just you have to contemplate your fate for a little while, I feel like would be really awful drowning, trapped underground, anything like that where you're just kind of stuck sounds really bad. I mean, everyone always says they want to go quick, but to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that I want to be, you know, I don't want to be that guy that has my insides, you know, flung all over the place from getting hit by a train or something. Yeah, but I've made this point, I believe, before in the sense that, like, the guy who got killed by the cassaway, he's got a heck of a story. I mean... (laughs) He's up he there. A story in heaven or hell, wherever. Wherever he he's going, he's got a good story. Like everybody else, I died in my sleep. I had a heart attack. I got killed by a bird. <laughs> I mean, what? That is, I think any nature deaths are usually like where nature attacks people are pretty badass. I'd be. I'm completely okay with getting killed by a bear. Anyways, <laughs> are you are you are, ready for our top five? I am because I, I'm. You know. I felt like when I suggested that we get our, our viewers involved with this, you rolled your eyes. No, I, I'm i okay with that. I never had any issue with it. What I've always rolled my eyes about is that you always have – you have good ideas. It's the execution of those ideas that is the problem. I mean th- this seemed to work out okay. We had decent response for the first time, I feel. We even had Long John Silvers. We did have Long John Silvers comment. That's always kind of <laughs> interesting. You know, I, I, you know, spoiler alert, I heard that there could be another uh, big name investor could coming be. out of the woodwork soon. You never know. Could come from anywhere. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I thought this worked out perfectly. And the one that that you'll introduce here in a second, our top five, is perfect because my my number one is is easy. So you really you really like this this top five that we that, uh, that we do, we're doing. I, I love it. How on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love it? Can you just intro the fucking top five? Just I want to just a question. I want to know. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer that. So you can make some penis joke. I'm not. No, it's not a penis joke. I just want to know on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love this? Uh, uh, ten. Really, that much? I I love getting the viewers involved, man. We're we're men of the people. Well, here's the thing. I actually came up with this one right after you texted me. It wasn't one of the ones suggested by our listeners. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm pretty sure about that. At least Alexander suggested he he said top five things co-workers do to annoy you. But I thought you just kind of modified it. Who said that? Corey Alexander. Oh, okay. I missed that one. But I maybe maybe then we're accidentally stealing from his idea. Are you are you shitting me right now? I thought you took 
took his and just removed the word coworker and just made it like things that people do to annoy you in general. No, I, I really didn't see it. <laughs> but shout out to shout out to Corey Alexander. That's a good one. That is a good one, actually. We could do that one too sometime. I, I even texted him earlier and said, "Hey, we're gonna do kind of your idea." And he goes, "Great. I'll make sure to to give a listen and a like." And comment in the future. And now we just lost him. I know, we lost him. Way to go, huh. Shawl. Way to go. What's, what's even my... <laughs> oh, God. I cannot take the blame. See, here's where I go. See, execution. You're telling people about things that are going to happen before they actually even happen. It's a good idea. <laughs> uh, Foiled uh, at the last second. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't. I can't. I can't accept blame for this one. But you should introduce it because my phone's about to die. Now, let me call you back on your fucking landline then. <laughs> I'm actually just kidding. I got it fixed, but I wanted to wanted you to get a quick landline quip in. So. Okay. So this is going to be our top five things that people do that are harmless things, right? They're not hurting you. They're not hurting anybody, but they just annoy you so much. They just annoy you. What's your number five? So I think this is the only one I have where it's probably personable just to me. That's why I put it so low on the list, but uh, it's when you're at a restaurant or eating dinner and people clank silverware together. What? Do you, oh, you mean like when there's a celebration, they do that ding, 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 ding? Well, that that counts, or like if you're at a restaurant and you're kind of near the, the um, you know, the doors to go to the kitchen and the people, you know, they throw the silverware in or they're taking it out to, you know, wrap it to put it on tables and it just really? makes that, you know, metal on metal. Just that shit. Wow. Yeah, that's like a. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's, I don't. I don't even know the sound that you're necessary. I only know that like the ding, 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 ding. It's your birthday kind of thing. I don't even know the other thing that you're talking about. Like when I do when I do dishes and I and I take out the silverware, like I get goosebumps. Like wow. it's it's that bad. Wow. That's that's so, interesting. Also, that would have that would have been my number one by far. But I put it at number five because, like I said, it's the only one that I think I'm just crazy and it's probably just me being a fucking loosey-goosey. But. Also, I mean, this won't apply to a lot of our listeners, but if you ever meet John Shull in public and see him eating, notice the way the man does not know how to hold forks or spoons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife still makes jokes today about how I hold utensils, and usually your name comes up probably every other instance well it's so because you for that. it's like you don't it's like you don't have a thumb but your thumb is right there <laughs> what's your number five people who sigh a lot <sighs> <sighs> like you're just We're talking you're, about like like the outward size right like the mouth breathers yeah well how would you hear the inward sigh where it comes out their nose you know like this i didn't hear anything Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. More like that, like. Yeah, and then and then it's, just, it's like if you're gonna fucking sigh, just fucking sigh. Yeah. Ooh, that's another one. I'm gonna add another one. People who sneeze weird. Don't try to cover up your fucking sneeze. Just sneeze. Everybody does it. Everybody sneezes. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Just sneeze, and then everybody else just shut up about it. Okay, just shut up about it. You don't have to bless everybody. Everybody sneezes. Sneeze and move on with all of your lives. 
I actually got uh, I got suspended when in the sixth grade because my my regular teacher was out on medical leave and we had a substitute teacher. And if if you yawned or sneezed and didn't cover your mouth, you would get a you know like a check mark, and on every fifth check mark, you would get in trouble. And by like Wednesday, I had gotten suspended because I wasn't covering my mouth while sneezing. See, I don't understand that. If you really think about this, so you're sneezing the germs directly into your hand, which you're then probably not washing and putting that all over the place, right? Oh, so God, then they're concentrated in your hand, and it's much worse than if you just sneeze them into the air. As a, as a society, we've you know been made to think one way when practicality has gone out the window. It makes no sense, as you just said. You know, even though I know sneezing and not covering up all that shit's going straight in front of you, but it's worse sneezing into your hand and then walking around, you know, with the germs, you know, in two places at that point. I agree. This is just like our plan from last episode where we decided that we need to start sending the dumb people into space instead of the smart people. We need to also start a campaign to get people to not cover their mouths when they sneeze and just blow that shit all over the place. I'm telling you, I, I, I forget his name, but if by some chance anyone remembers Mrs. Stoof's, uh, you know, replace some substitute teacher in sixth grade at United Oaks Elementary. Please let me know, because I'd like to meet that guy in a dark alley and just punch him right in the face. Sneeze on him, even worse. I didn't get to go to the water park that year, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, anyways, I'm not upset about it still. At um, <laughs> let's, I was gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> let's so, be honest. Uh, probably better you didn't go. <laughs> oh god oh yeah shit oh man now <laughs> oh i'm sorry now i have to segue to another story okay that was like uh yesterday we have things up here called jeepers okay you know uh they're like little indoor amusement parks that are in malls they're basically carnivals inside of malls anyways when uh my eighth my eighth birthday you know, we didn't have a lot of money, whatever. I had my first birthday party. I was all excited. Take some of my friends. I go to Jeepers. They have this roller coaster. I'm all excited to ride it. I, <laughs> I still remember this, by the way. Uh, I go to get into the roller coaster, and the attendant says, Sorry, son. You're too big. I was eight fucking years old. <laughs> worst, worst birthday ever. <laughs> God, did you cry? Anyways. Did you cry? Oh, I did cry. You're goddamn right, I did. Yeah, that's a legit cry. You're sorry. John Gru and Matt Smith, I remember, like, an hour later, because I, I went and I... <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to, like, an arcade recently, or have been to an arcade recently, but I was playing... You know how, like, they had that big bubble game, and the lights went around, and, like, you would try to stop it to get tickets? Kind of, yeah. Well, I, I, I basically spent... An hour just playing that by myself because I was so depressed. <laughs> Wait, did you make it into the ride or did he stop you before you got to it? No, he was like the guy that was letting you on. Oh, like, so it wasn't he like he was. Like, I remember it. He looked down and he was like, son, there's a weight limit for this ride. <laughs> what? See, now if, I, if you wanted to really crush souls, you would let that kid get into the ride, let him kind of like jam himself in. And then tell him he had to leave, and then oh watch him like God. struggle to get back out, and that oh, would 
That would really that would really ruin some lives. That's terrible. That's that's bad. That's you know. What's that, your number four? That was a terrible memory. My number four uh, is uh, this. This is kind of uh, specific to uh, working out. Believe it or not, good segue. But uh, <laughs> people who fucking talk at the gym on their cell phones. Mmm. Are you it's talking like, about? That might be a little bit lower on my on on my list, and we can get into it then. But are you talking about like they're on the cell phone, or they're just like talking over? Like, are they Bluetooth in no, it, or what it, are they it, doing? It's just like you know, you could be in the free weight section, you know, and and you know, you're doing dumbbell presses or whatever, and you look over to your right, and some asshole's talking about like his life, just sitting on the you know on the bench, not doing anything, taking up space. Yeah, that, I agree with you. I'm going to go ahead and actually transition one of mine into this, into my number four, which is similar to that, is when people are on Bluetooths and they're talking on the Bluetooth and then they give you that look like you're the idiot because you thought they were talking to them. Or when people are listening to music through like their cell phone in public. Oh, that pisses me off. The, I would say the thing that bothers me more now is those things that go around your neck. Oh, who actually wears that? I mean, one of my best friends wears it. Well, tell him he shouldn't. Let's see. Uh, my number three, I have uh, people who click a pen too many times. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you'll you'll be at work and this is all you'll hear. Did you bring a pen with you specifically to make that sound or are you making that with your mouth? Oh, no. that's I brought one with me to add to the effect. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. I like, I mean, I like that you planned ahead. I, you know, believe it or not, I do, I put a little effort in. Did you, did you at any point think, oh, when I called you, did you think, oh, wait, let me grab my pen? No, I had it on my notebook, which is where my top five is. Hmm. Do you put the pen through the top of the notebook or do you like clip it by the thing to one of the sides of the notebook? How do you do it? I, I put it at the top, like, you know, 20 pages or so of paper, and I just put the pen on that. Nice. But you don't clip it? I, do, I No, I don't I don't clip it. Because because you don't want to clip it or because you, well, you don't have no, enough? I, I guess I do clip it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it is a clip, but I, I just put it like – I can't ex- – I mean how are you supposed to explain this for it to make sense? I don't understand how you can't explain it in a way that makes sense. You either take the little clip thing that you have and you put it on the paper – or you don't. I mean, it seems like a really yes, incredibly easy. I do. I, I do. I do clip my pen then. Okay. Why was that so difficult? Because I was trying to. Because I'm not. But I'm not really clipping it. I kind of slide it in. What's the difference? A clip is different from a slide. That's not. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You're not sliding it through the rings of the notebook, right? No. Okay. So you're just then you're just clipping it. Or sliding it. Okay, so when you use a bag of chips, what do you do? Are you clipping the bag of chips closed or are you sliding the thing on? Listen, son, don't you talk shit about chip clips, bro. <laughs> How many chip clips you got in the Shaw household? If it's less than 50, I'd be fucking shocked. <laughs> uh, I mean, we only have like three in use, but I'm sure we have plenty. Hmm. Yeah, don't you I think. talk shit about chip clips. Bro. I feel like, I feel like you, you can have. Yeah, 10, 10 chip clips is, an, is a good number of chip clips. I'm going to find – you think the chip clips has their own social media account? Well, I mean there's lots of different kinds of chip clips. Yeah, we need them to sponsor us. We do. 
Who makes those? You think there's a company just dedicated to making nothing but chip clips? There has to be. <laughs> Probably Someone out of business. That they're like an important part of life. I would I would agree. That's like one of the things you have to have in your household. Um, we're probably getting a little distracted here. What's your What's your number three? Uh, I was clicking a pen. We're on your number. Three. Oh, that's right. My My problem is is that my top my top three I can just interchange them all. So really, I have like five, four, and then three number ones. But I'm going to go ahead and give you my number three. I'm just going to make it when people shorten words. Guac annoys the shit out of me. When people (laughs) do things like that, like they abbreviate things that don't need to be abbreviated, that's just like, oh, that's too much for me. No problem, bro. I got you. (laughs) Uh, So for my number two, I have two of them. One is when you're uh, standing in a line and you see people cut in front of you. Well, who's cut? I just want to follow you around for a day. Like, who's just cutting straight in front of you in line? Are you fuck? Are you fucking serious? I don't think that I've ever just been in a line and had somebody nope. just cut right in front of me on a regular day. The worst are those assholes. Stop like, clicking your pen. I can hear it. Now right, put I'm the done. pen see, down. See, the, the worst part of it uh, are the worst people are those at the uh, – when you're at like the the supermarket or like a Meyer or a, or a Target or something or a Costco, and you're waiting in line and they pretend that you're not in the line, so they just mosey on in and then you have to remind them that the line is 18 people behind you and then they're like, oh, oh, my bad, <laughs> no motherfucker, you were gonna cut right in front of me if I didn't call you out. Where are you at in the line though? Are you like in the weird part of the line? Where you have to leave some space so other people can get through, like you're in the, it's extended into the yeah. aisle. So, so, sometimes, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You can clearly see, even if that is a thoroughfare for other people to go through, you can clearly see there's a line going vertically to that register. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like, know. I think that's shrewd negotiating on their part. No, nah, they're, no, nah, anyways. And then I have, uh, which is probably, this should have been my number one, but my number one's more of a generic thing. But uh, this, uh, I have when you go to a store or anywhere and you park, you know, in the parking in the parking lot, and you think it's just going to be you with like two spaces around you to spare, and then some asshole parks right next to you. Oh, and they just yeah, then you've got room, and then they're just going to come in no matter what. That's a yeah, good it's one. Like, it's like especially in the winter, right? Because like. You know, I like giving me a little space, you know, just for whatever reason. And then, like, either I come out and there's, like, five cars on each side of me. Or, like, as soon as I pull up and I'm getting out of the car, someone pulls up on the other side of me. Especially if you're not that far away, right? If you're not that far away from where you're going, just, like, scoot at a courtesy space. It's like a urinal thing. Like, don't get in the urinal right next to me. Go down. Oh, see, that that I don't have a problem with. I'll, I'll pee right next to you. I don't care. My number two, I think, is going to be lanyards, people who wear lanyards. What's wrong with a lanyard? Because it's just the idea that that specifically people who keep, like, keys on a lanyard. It's just the idea of it that you're basically saying, I'm such an idiot. If I don't attach my keys around my neck at all times, I will lose them. I mean, maybe they have them there for a reason. Because they're such an idiot that they would lose them if they – you can't – Why then why can't you put them in a pocket? Because you're not competent enough 
to not you have to tie them around your neck or you will lose them. You are a real angry little man. I, I just lanyard you lanyards. Do you do you use a lanyard? Uh, I, I don't use it, but I, I I have one that. Well, I mean, yes, I do use a lanyard, but I, I don't oh. carry it on me at all times. Okay, there we go. You, you don't you don't have a lanyard for work with all with your passes and stuff in it. But I'm talking about no, I don't. Um, I just keep it in my pocket. And I'm able to then produce it when I need to. I don't need this thing around my neck for ease of convenience wow. because I'm not capable of just reaching my hand into my pocket and pulling it out. I need this for, thing tied around my neck because otherwise I won't be able to function. First off, everyone should know that you're also the same person that's hitting on lanyards that wears uh, ankle socks with dress shoes. I do. <laughs> so, I don't. I mean, that's ri- that's ridiculous to me. <laughs> but, but that's just because I don't care, and the socks are comfortable. Not because I think to myself, "Wow, I'm going to lose these if I don't strap them around my neck." Uh, this should be the generic number one for everybody, and that is people who chew with their mouth open. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's really pretty good. I would almost I mean, actually put that though into not the harmless category. Like that's so so close up there that I would move that into like you're actually that's 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 a problem. I mean, what what's always bothered me is when you say something. I mean, you know, you never want to say something to somebody usually about you know, you know, their manners or, or whatever, their mannerisms. But, you know, what bothers me is when you say something to somebody about it and then they fucking do it again and again and again and you know it's just i it's it's definitely the most annoying you know habit or not habit but you know thing that people do that the, to me at least what adult does that though uh i know plenty <laughs> are they family members uh yes <laughs> and one is and one believe it or not is not my six-month-old child it's not papa Shaw, is it oh fuck Papa Shaw don't give a shit. He'll chew with his mouth wide open in the middle of a Denny's. He don't care. <laughs> he, he don't give no shits. That Papa Shaw. My my number one is people who stop way back on a red light or like they don't pull up. See, so the, that that that's annoying. But I don't know. Usually, usually I don't get. I, I mean, that doesn't annoy me a whole lot. I I have a bigger problem with like large groups of people walking in front of you that are together that walk so slow and they know you're like trying to get around them and they just don't give a shit. So either you have to go into the road or onto the grass or you have to stay behind them. Oh, that is pretty bad. It's even worse the closer they are to your pace because then you feel like, oh, then I've got to speed up. What? So when you say a car stops, what if what if it's like an elderly person or a handicapped person? Does it matter? No, not really. I mean, you should, if you're going to be on the road, you should know how to drive. If you're in the black, or if you're on the black bat, uh-huh. and, and someone stops, you know, well short of the light, do you get right up on their bumper? No, I mean, I'm in the black bat. The black bat is so maneuverable and powerful that I can just like, wah, wah, go right around them. Can you say that again? Wah, wah. <laughs> Everybody who rides a motorcycle knows what that is. <laughs> no, not one person knows what that means. Well, you don't ride a motorcycle. You're not in a club. I, I'm going to ask several people on Monday uh, that I know that have motorcycles if it makes that noise. Rant, rant. Rant, rant. 
Little blamp blamp. You sound like a fucking duck. Badass duck. Duck with a motorcycle. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I do need to mention really quickly that we still have our Game of Thrones contest going on. Since, spoiler alert, nothing major has yet happened to any of the major characters, we've decided to go ahead and keep the contest running. Essentially, all you have to do, pick what you think is going to happen in the season, and then if you get it right, or you get it more right than anybody else, you could win as much as $500. That's it. That's all we got for this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.